focus on your genius, stay in that lane. And you really do need to budget for outsourcing things that would take away from your time. Because if you're focusing your time on what creates the most impact, that's where you're going to get the most, that business development is going to keep coming in. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help consultants, coaches, entrepreneurs, and small business owners build their businesses after long careers as employees. We believe you should be able to do more of what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner Khan. Today on Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with the CEO of Energetic Impact, Rebecca Ahmed. In today's episode, you will learn how to leave your corporate career and build a successful business model with your expertise. Stay with us to hear all the details. How do you feel about where your business is today? Most of us do our best work in collaborative, supportive environments. Come explore ours. The Smashing the Plateau community can help you build your business through live events, a private communication platform, accountability partners, and lots more resources. Speak to me or one of our community members to learn more. You can schedule a quick conversation at smashingtheplateau.com slash 15. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash 15. Or go to our website, smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Rebecca Ahmed. Rebecca is a TEDx speaker, business consultant, and an Energy Leadership Index Master Practitioner which is an exclusive training in human energy and how we can experience, express, and expand it in ourselves and others. Rebecca is also a professional certified coach with the International Coaching Federation. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning and good afternoon. <laughs> oh, good evening, whatever time it is, where, wherever you're listening. Yes. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your career. Sure. So I um, come from an HR background. I've primarily worked in the hospitality space. So I opened up Encore Las Vegas, Cosmopolitan Las Vegas. And um, from there, did a a couple years in uh, the airline also industry, but always within the HR space. And then in 2018, after selling uh, Pinnacle Entertainment, which is a $2.8 billion merger and acquisition to Penn and Boyd Gaming, I um, started my own business. And here I am today as the Chief Energy Officer and CEO of Energetic Impact. Well, congratulations on your transition into your own business. What made you decide you wanted to start your own business as opposed to getting another job in the HR space? Yeah, I think I... uh... Goodness, when you do something that large, that MA, I took a step back and really took time to ask myself. I really, I talk a lot about leading with curiosity. So I said, what do I want to do next? What do I love about my role? What have I learned? And one of the questions a colleague actually asked me was, when was the last time you were turned on at work? And when I was telling her all about this, I thought, what if I could you know, bring this excitement to the workplace. I have so much passion for my work, but I don't see it consistently across the board. And what if that's my gift that I can, you know, jump into entrepreneurship and bring what I've learned into organizations of all different, you know, companies, backgrounds, industries, et cetera. And so that's really what started it. You know, I went to Landmark and asked some hard questions and decided let's step into this and see how I do. Yeah. How did it feel? 
oh, so many different emotions, right? You know, a very energizing, very scary, very uh, growth. Like I, I think about how much I've learned over time, but then sometimes you feel like a ding dong because <laughs> you're learning all over again. Um, so there's a lot of mixed emotions that come with it, but I'm so excited where I've come from, you know, 2018 to now, and I'm looking forward to the future as I continue to grow too. Rebecca, how did you decide on your business model? So... I really led with what made me passionate and what my genius is. So I love to speak. I love to coach coming from HR for so many years and working with different executives. And then even, you know, new leaders, that's something that I I wanted to better understand. So I went back to school and we went to IPEC. I come with a lot of energy. So that was my understanding of saying, let me jump into IPEC and learn what this energy means and help others understand their energy as well. And then I'm writing a book right now. I'm in the book proposal phase. And when you look at the successful coaches, speakers within my space, this is kind of the business model. Obviously, a couple of them fluctuate, but this was a business model that resonated with what I do well and what brings me a lot of passion. All right. So speaking, coaching, writing. And consulting. And consulting. Mm-hmm. Did you know other people who had done the same thing that you're doing in terms of the, like the corporate work and then the transition and deciding on sort of how to position yourself in the marketplace, et cetera? say from corporate, I would say more of the leaders within the coaching space. So I think of Jen Sincero and I love her badass books and, and I looked at her business model. Marie Forleo, um, you know, she has B-School, which obviously I don't have an entire TV platform, but kind of seeing where she grew within that space. Um, Tony Robbins, uh, Fabian Fredericks, right? some of these big coaches, I looked at their business models and then aligned it with what I was really passionate and excited about. How did you decide on your particular niche? You know, that that t- took time, right? So in the beginning, I was very much thinking of being more of a generalist and working with people from across, you know, different platforms, different industries, different age groups. The more I've gotten into the space, the more passionate I've become about Gen Z. What I found was a lot of the executives that I had coached or consulted with, I'm the oldest of nine. So they'd be like, can you help me with my kids? And so what I found is that I had such a passion by, you know, basically raising eight other kids to help, you know, students really step into their first career and navigate, you know, communication styles and going into their first jobs and Gen Z is so different and so unique. I mean, every generation brings something special to the table, but I'm really excited for what they're doing in the in the workspace, um, what they're doing in schools and how they're pushing boundaries. And so that's something I, that innovation, that creativity, that's just something that really attracted me. And that's really where I've defined my niche and even working with organizations. It's like, you know, how many Gen Zers do you have? Where are you going with this group? And helping them understand how to bring them in, you know, to their organizations in a successful manner. In your your positioning in the marketplace and also your marketing, what have you discovered about the narrowness of a niche and how how broad or how narrow you need to be in order to attract attention and generate awareness with your ideal clients? I think more narrow, honestly. I think over time, that's what I've really learned because then people understand exactly what you're you're speaking to, who you're connecting with. And the more you work with a certain group, the more you get to 
jump into their perspective, see the world through their lens, and you're able to create more impact. And so even though you'll be able to speak, like I'll speak with a lot of times with boomers about Gen Z and what that means for them coming in the workplace, at the end of the day, I'm really helping organizations understand what this new generation is going to bring. Yeah. And Gen Z is now defined as what age range? They're about 24 years old and they go down to, I mean, it's, it's, they could be in high school. They could be leaving high school right now. My focus is really that first entry level stepping into the workplace. So 24, 22, 20, as they're graduating from high school and college or even in their master's program, that specific group. So in your actual work, who do you work with? You work with the organizational leaders or do you work with the under age 24 category? I do both. So I'll work with leaders in terms of uh, workshops, speeches, different developmental programs, but then I'll work and do coaching programs specifically with their Gen Z um, employees. So I do both. What do you find works well when it comes to business development? (sighs) Referrals are always, I would say, a primary business development where I see my biggest growth is just people are like, oh my goodness, you have to work with her. Also speeches, you know, when you're, when you're speaking to a large crowd, you're, you're connecting with so many people. And then from there, people want to learn more, right? So they get a taste of what is this energy leadership and how is she creating an energetic impact within an organization? I'm going to give her a call now and see if it's coaching I need or consulting I need or bringing in her for another speech or a workshop, you know, that's where I can get a little bit more diversified. Yeah. What advice would you have for someone who wants to build business as a speaker, but is really at the very beginning of that process. Speak anywhere and everywhere you can, you know, because the more comfortable you are in different audiences. When I started in DC, I I was speaking at, you know, um, coffee shops. I was speaking at wine bars. I would go to, you know, just even retail stores and say, hey, would you like me to run a workshop for free? Invite guests here. We'll pour a little bit of wine and I'm going to teach them about knowing their worth or energizing their workplace or motivating, you know, they're motivating themselves. So many different things. And I tried so many different topics. But the more you're out there, the more you learn, one, what connects with others and two, what you're really passionate about. But just keep getting out there. You know, you can't have any qualm about, even if it's one person that shows up to that speech of yours, you might really impact their life. And that big change for them, that's something that's so rewarding. So it doesn't matter the size. Obviously, the, I like the bigger, the better personally, but it's every connection that you can do and create that impact is, is something that's really a, a gift. Yeah. Was there a game-changing speaking opportunity that you had that really catapulted you forward? TEDx. So when I got to do my TEDx, which was a big dream for mine, and I said, okay, this is like something I want to really share my voice, share my passion for compensation equality, share my passion for motivating the workforce and where Total Rewards is going. That was definitely the game changer for sure. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about the, like what led up to that? How did, how did that come about? Yeah. So in, when I was working in corporate, so I was at Pinnacle Entertainment, Actually, let me step even further back. I think about when I was first impacted by a compensation inequality moment in my career, that's where I started to become really passionate of saying like, why? Why am I not being paid the same as someone else with even less credentials than I had? And I learned as I you know progressed throughout my career in HR, how to ask those questions, how to run market data, how to communicate my worth. But it took some really strong mentors and leaders to teach me that, especially in women who were like, I know nobody's probably sat you down and told you how to do this. And so once I learned how to do that, I was like, I want to teach others how to do this because 
if you're not paid what you're worth or you don't know how to communicate that, you're not giving your all to work. And that's that's impactful not only to you, but also your organization. And both of you can have a win-win as long as you're motivated and you understand that you are being compensated what you're supposed to be compensated. And so that was such a big thing for me to realize and then to share that from a big stage and coaching so many, you know, Gen Zers now telling them that first negotiation, that first market data point, having that empowering you to be able to communicate to that, you no longer have this tail that's going to be, you know, pulling you down throughout your career. And you're going to have so much more confidence in what you're doing because you know you're being paid accordingly. And how did you land the TEDx speech? Um, so I reached out to another entrepreneur in DC and specifically just asked her, hey, can we have coffee? And she was sharing information about her TEDx that was coming up. And I said, what is the process? You know, I've read all of these different processes of how to do this. And she just walked me through what she did. And she was like, you know, start reaching out to each one and you know, and fortunately, it's not like you could go to one site. You have to go to every single one individually. So I worked with my assistant to really set up, an, you know, just an organizational plan of like, these are the ones that are coming up. This is what their deadlines are. This is what their focus areas are. And then where does that align? And just start submitting. And um, it was pretty quick that I got a response back. It was really exciting because I thought it was going to take a lot longer. But once I was organized and diligent and had the process down, it, it was quick. Have a plan, have a process, and just take action. Exactly. And it evolved so much because I got that TEDx before COVID and then COVID hit. So obviously that we had like a whole year delayed and we had to do videos and it was so, something completely different that they never did. And I think that was really exciting too because my speech evolved as the time evolves because COVID brought so many new perspectives into the workplace, especially when it came to total rewards because people weren't in the workplace anymore. They weren't in the office. So how do you set them up at home? How do you look at that from a compensation lens? And so that was really cool that I got to evolve with, with COVID in that sense. Yeah. So actually in the, the span of your, of your work as an entrepreneur, a big chunk of it was during COVID. A huge chunk of it. So, yeah. So what were some of the, I mean, you've touched on, on a few of these things, but what were some of the pivots that happened as a result? Well, I couldn't speak in person anymore. So that was a big pivot because that was my primary focus. But then the gift I got out of it is because in 2018, so I left but Pinnacle closed. I moved to DC end of 2018, started my business in 2019, but also went to school that year. So really I started my business end of 2019, beginning of 2020. So it was smack dab in COVID. Wow. But I got to focus on coaching, which was so cool because I got my PCC hours, which was 500 hours of coaching because so many mental health issues came out of that space. And so many students were so scared. What do I do? What am I going to get? How am I going to get my first job? Everyone's furloughed or laid off, or they're not hiring. And so I was able to really tap into that and reach out to all the different colleges. I mean, I went to USC, I went to UNLV for my master's program, but in DC at the time I was living there, I reached out to Georgetown, I reached out to all of these different schools and said, I know you need support, how can I provide support? And so that's what I was able to do. And that really helped me even narrow my niche, niche even more because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm speaking to these students every single day. And they're nervous and also excited about the workplace. And so I was able to really balance, (laughs) you know, switching around to the business model. And thank goodness I I had a couple different lanes for it. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the things that I'm hearing sort of over and over again for you is that when it comes to growing yourself and growing your business, you create a plan, you create a process to carry it out, 
and you you execute and you're not afraid to reach out to people you don't know. You're 100% correct and definitely not afraid to reach out to people I don't know. And it's something I recommend to everyone, honestly, as you continue to grow your business or even as you're starting your role in corporate America. I have all of my students do that and do an informational interview. Just let someone know, hey, I'm wanting to learn what you do or how you do it or do you love this? People love talking about themselves. If you ask it for 15 minutes, most people will jump on that call instantly and say, absolutely, how can I help? And I think that's a beautiful thing. And LinkedIn creates such a great platform for that. You know, I use LinkedIn heavily just to research and see how people built their careers, right? You know, you, you never know. Everyone's path is a little different. Yeah. So in your outreach, how have you found it best to find like-minded people, particularly when you're looking for some give and take and, and support as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I definitely use LinkedIn quite a bit, the groups, um, because I post, you know, every single week. And that's one way of connecting with different people or like-minded people. I've joined a lot of different associations and tested different ones out to say, like, is this one that I align with? Am I connecting with the people there? It was easier, I would say, pre-COVID because I just like that in-person energy that you can exchange versus virtually. But Either way, there's so many different opportunities to join organizations or join a platform and ask questions. Like you should, you should never feel weird about asking a question. What's the worst you're going to get a no? Okay, jump to the next one. So, you know, just reaching out. Yeah, I, I know sometimes I've posted questions and got nothing, right? That that happens and that um, that can be a little daunting. Yeah, but then you learn, right? You're just like, okay, maybe this didn't resonate. And if you see someone, maybe they didn't respond to a question, but you see a like, that's an opportunity to follow up and even ask, you know, hey, I saw you like this. If there's anything you'd like to communicate with, especially coming from this mental health space, this energetic leadership space, some people are a little nervous to share. They might have imposter syndrome. They might be going through something. But if you reach out personally and say, hey, I noticed that you liked this, but you didn't comment. Is there anything you would like to discuss? Like, I'm just here to grow and learn. And I want to make sure if there's a tool that I have in my toolkit that can help you, just just reach out to them. And I find that a lot of people will say, you know, oh, thank you. I was so nervous. You know, I see your platform and I was just nervous to even comment because I am going through something. So th- that follow-up and that personalization is important too. It's very important. And, um, you know, too often when people are connecting, especially on social media platforms, right away, they're, they're looking at, if I'm, I'm commenting on something that I see that you have posted, or somebody, yeah, I post something and then way too often someone comments or likes or whatever, but they're too quick to just promote themselves as opposed to just making a connection, building a relationship. Yeah, we're moving a million miles a minute, you know, and, and, I, and I kind of attribute it to that too. Um, but when you get to connect with people in more of a private environment, then you definitely do have more engagement. You know, that's, that's hands down. Yes, absolutely. So, Rebecca, you're working on the book. When when do you think the book's going to come out? Oh, I don't know yet. I've got some exciting news uh, working with a couple of different publishers. So uh, my agent is Wendy. And so she is going to hopefully be, she said, wrapping up contracts end of October, early November. So depending on the publisher and their timeline, we'll go from there. But I'm so excited because I've been working on the book proposal for about seven, eight months. And it's now in the the sales cycle stage and we're, we're about to close it up. So I'm really excited. Can you share a little bit about the content? Yeah, it's about energizing the workplace. So I lead 
my readers through what are the seven levels of energy? How do you understand them? What are their interplays? How do they impact you to create this motivational workplace culture? Eventually, so one, you can shift your own energy, but then you can start shifting the energy of those around you. And that's where you're able to see such a change in a workplace. It's it's no longer one person dragging anything down. In fact, you're able to really inspire people to lead with this courage, lead with curiosity, and create impact. It's pretty exciting. Wow. Well, congratulations on the, on the book process, and I'm looking forward to it coming out. What's your plan once the book is out? I want to be speaking. So, you know, sharing this message with with organizations far and wide. Um, Obviously, I love consulting, too, because I get to get in the nitty gritties with organizations. But that impact is when when you get to talk to thousands of people and see their energy shift. I know I know the return on investment. I know the the impact it has to their lives. um, I know the impact it has to their workplace. So sharing that message broadly is what I want to be doing. So you've now been at this entrepreneurship thing for like for a few years and it's going pretty well. What's your vision for the future long term? Vision for the future long term? Well, obviously get the book published and get that out there. And I think that'll be 2024 if I'm looking at the like the kind of the timeline of, of publishing, speaking, continuing to grow that platform. And yeah, I see, I'm always going to be coaching and consulting because that's just something so passionate that I love doing and connecting. But again, speaking is probably my number one focus of just sharing this message. That's great. And um, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you wanted to share? Uh, let's see. I guess it's, uh, the one question would be, you know, when you're starting out as an entrepreneur, a lot of people coming from the corporate space, how you define success, how you define productivity, how you even look at your time is so different. And I think that was a big learning curve for me. And even though people tell you, you know, get an assistant or have others help you with areas that aren't your expertise, you really, you really think you can figure it all out, right? So like all of a sudden I was defining a website. I'm not a web developer. You know, I'm not an SEO like expert. And so my, I always think like the one question I would always tell people or they'd ask, you know, what's one thing you learned from entrepreneurship is focus on your genius, stay in that lane. And you really do need to budget for outsourcing things that would take away from your time. Because if you're focusing your time on what creates the most impact, that's where you're going to get the most, that business development is going to keep coming in. But when you're diversified so much just to make it work and you're, you're trying to do marketing at one time and you're trying to do web development another time and you're trying all these different things you're so spread thin and that's when your energy's drained because these aren't things you're passionate about and once you notice your energy drained like holy cow take a minute and say wait a minute why and let's make a shift and i think that's something that i i love sharing with other entrepreneurs coming from corporate america yeah that's really important rebecca if someone wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed today access any resources you have or get in touch with you, where would be the best place for them to go? Yep. Jump on my website. So um, energeticimpact.com. I have my um, freebie, obviously, that tells you how to energize yourself. And in that has my values assessment. I find that tool to be extremely valuable. I use it with all of my clients. And then also my energy leadership assessment. So I am certified to do that. Um, That was a certification out of IPEX uh, one-year program. And when you understand your energy and can make shifts, the impact that has on you. I mean, everyone wants more. They're always asking me, how do you do it? <laughs> and these, this is exactly how to do it. So I can share that. So definitely hop on my website, reach out. I have all the contact forms on there. And then of course I'm active on LinkedIn. So you can always ping me there too, if you're more comfortable with that. 
Sounds great. Well, Rebecca, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau and share your insights. My guest has been CEO of Energetic Impact, Rebecca Ahmed. Thank you, Rebecca, for joining us. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. On today's episode with Rebecca Ahmed, we learned how to leave your corporate career and build a successful business model with your expertise. Are you building a community? Check out Circle, the all-in-one community platform for creators and brands. Bring together engaging discussions, members, live streams, chat, events, and memberships, all in one place, all under your own brand. Circle is the platform we use in the Smashing the Plateau community. I love the way Circle puts your people, discussions, and content all in one place. Get a free 14-day trial of Circle at smashingtheplateau.com slash circle. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash circle. I'm David Schreiner-Khan. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.